Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to today's podcast. We have convened again after a weekish, maybe, uh, to discuss another film which we had planned to discuss a while back, along with another film. Like this, used this was supposed to be a comparison between two films, but the other film got forgotten by critics. So we were uh, we and award season. So even I'm forgetting it. <laughs> for now oh, anyway a lot of films have been forgotten by the yes yes Let's we will get, get to we yeah we'll get started on that later so as you yeah. have guessed one of our guests is aryan or guest or oh, I mean, he's not a guest uh, but uh, we have a regular collaborated aryan with us today and uh, a new guest who is a who's listened to our podcast before and we've connected before on letterbox so this is varun he's uh, a Fine. He's a final year postgrad student in English literature. That's correct, Varun. Yeah, it is. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Firstly, um, yeah. yeah, as Dhruv pointed out, I'm a final year postgrad English literature student, um, a movie lover for better part of a decade at this point, and yep. a massive fan of the of the man whose film we're going to be discussing today. Every one of my movies is a personal movie. I don't make films that I don't consider to have something of myself left behind in that. Uh, so the person in question is Steven Spielberg, of course. His newest film is The Fablemans that released in India, what, last week, did it? Or, or, or yeah, before? last week. It's last been week. weird, yeah. It's been weird. Why so? So it expanded. It officially released last week on 10th or something. Mm-hmm. But it's slowly expanding by this initiative by a theatre chain group. Of okay. showing uh, screenings for these Oscar-nominated films across. Ah uh, yes, yes, yes. I saw this. I saw a mail from Inox Cinema saying what all they are showing, and I was like, "That's yeah. a paltry selection of films uh, that you're getting." <laughs> Except for the Fablemans, I saw the Whale, which I'm not a fan of. So I, yeah. I guess. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, that's a separate matter. Today we are being we are going to be cel- kind of celebrating Steven Spielberg, like in general. Mm-hmm. And sort of going uh, specifically to talk about the Fablemans, which I think uh, all of us like to varying degrees, but we do like it. So there's no, not like uh, none of us is going to be mean about it. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, I would first start in general about Spielberg, your introductions to Spielberg. I think that's a good way to sort of get it started. And then we'll dive directly into the film with spoilers, which... Fablemans is a semi-autobiographical. Spoiler alert, he made it. He's one of the most successful filmmakers. <laughs> yeah, like time. what do you like? He, Spielberg is a genius. He's that's that's the like a filmmaking genius. But there's a lot more to it. Like there's the film is more complex than it may appear. I feel, and that's the whole whatever thing to it. But no, go ahead. Introductions to Spielberg, guys. Varun, you can go. You you can get us started. So 2011, The Adventures of Tintin opens in India. Before it opens anywhere else in the world, mm-hmm. uh, my parents were huge fan of fans of the original comics yeah. by Air, and we go to the movies, and I am stunned because this is 3D. This is before I started getting a headache mm-hmm. with those 3D classes, <laughs> yes. and I was I was absolutely mesmerized that you know you could do this in animation, mm-hmm. and uh, that that was really the introduction to Spielberg because by then he had started doing the serious dramas as well. Yeah. And we weren't really going to understand War Horse or Lincoln at that age. I've yeah, but, never uh, seen War Horse. Have you? Is that... No, not not gotten onto it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, it was it was a film that to me is the perfect masala movie actually. 
okay because yeah it's so interesting it marries yeah. like sort of you know great music and yes. like adventure and like it's just it's just fun Mm-hmm. you know and tintin's a bit of a nihilist and it's it's got a dog and at that time we had a dog as well and yeah. i i could just picture myself as tintin because i didn't know how old the guy was yeah and i think um, i subsequently ended up doing like a, a project on the film also mm-hmm. much later in life but yeah. after that was actually catch me if you can which was sort of the look see into spielberg and how mm-hmm. what what sort of role family plays because that way tintin is a fairly impersonal film mm. he is not there's no part of it that's distinctly spielbergian for lack yes. of better term it's yeah, yeah. it's very much a fan service thing though it's done spectacularly well yeah but catch me if you can was like moving and was fun and was um, mm-hmm. sort of at that this time 2002 is it or something like that yeah yeah catch me 2000, if you can early 2000 yeah yeah 2000 One two because this yeah. is DiCaprio right after Titanic, like yes. the immediate sort of phase, mm-hmm. and Spielberg also just coming out of having produced uh, Sam Mendes's uh, Road to Perdition. Mm-hmm. So yep. here again, like that had Paul Newman, this had uh, Christopher Walken and mm-hmm. uh, Martin Sheen, those guys, and yep. I I must have watched it as a thirteen year old, and I was mm. it's uh, again a very nice blend of sort of family drama. Yeah. and uh, there are sort of hints of it if you want uh, or other it picks up from spielberg's life yeah uh, the elements that we do see in the fablemans as well yeah and it's also really just a, a fun film it's tom hanks and dicaprio yeah, right right like, uh, comedy like a whatever old yeah, fashioned yeah. almost which is yeah, a rarity in general i think in a, and i think i remember this is my like whatever foggy memory going about it is basically that it is just a really good time at the cinemas which is what he is generally known for and i think that's a uh, i remember it is that but but yeah no go ahead those are your sort of intros that way then the intros but they were not like conscious those mm-hmm. are just the first films of spielberg that you i watched. remember watching yeah mm-hmm. yeah the first movie i went to see because it was spielberg was mm-hmm. bridge of spies because Yeah. In that year, I had just watched Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's List because I was mm-hmm. going through a World War Two phase. Yeah. I don't think I've gotten out of it yet, to be honest. And it's uh, a fascinating phase to be in, always. I feel. Yeah. yeah, and sort of Bridge of Spies was again just terrifically moving drama, and those it has very little of again Spielberg, Spielberg, but mm. it takes a story that. his father told him there's that yeah. great dga chat he has with martin yeah. scorsese about mm-hmm. uh, british spies and uh, i really really came out of that film rooting for mark rylands to win an oscar because it was yeah. such a terrific performance and he yeah. did win it was yeah he was the yeah we like people are were very pissed that year right? because i think uh, schwarz Not sure. Silver Stallone. Stallone. Stallone yeah, was the one. Creed, yeah. yeah, for Creed. Yes, yes, yes I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no. I, I uh, Bridge of Spies is one of. So I've been sorry if I'm cutting you off. Tell me uh, no, no. if you want to, but like button that way. But Bridge of Spies is my sort of new Spielberg. Like that was the one where I had heard a lot about Spielberg and I had watched a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. But I watched Bridge of Spies when I started to really get into movies, and I was like. wow like just the way everything sort of gets simple story told in the most elegant way possible if that's the mm-hmm. 
that's the way to put it and it was it had i remember at least it didn't have the what some of the criticisms related to his films have been the cheesiness the sentimentality yeah. it had the sentimentality it was, but it was surprisingly very reserved, very reserved in its exactly yeah. i mean the mark rylands performance is so reserved that it's yeah. Yeah. Uh, it plays off well from the tom hanks frank capra mm-hmm. personality that he has yeah. in general so yeah. i think that i remember bridge of spies a lot and it's co-written or at least has write the coens have writing credits on it so yeah. i guess that sort of humor comes into it a little bit also yeah. so so it's a very interesting i mean i'm again like you i'm super into the sort of world this world war 2 also right like i don't know no this cold war no, cold war like sorry yes cold war cold yes war, that yeah. that sort of phase in history and then sort of how again it's a very deft deft is probably a good way to yeah. describe him his filmmaking actually uh way of sort of him putting together a drama which is complicated actually like at the crux like it may seem very good guy bad guy bad guy good guy sort of like that but it's always a bit more to his work and and there are some some ideas of having to juggle your work with your family which is something that will keep coming back i think in a lot of his yeah. work so so yeah i think bridge of spies is kind of my like also like intro intro in a sense to him because i feel like that's where i was like you know wow i want to watch more spielberg from this point yeah. on like look back of course i had watched saving private ryan which i definitely need to revisit i need to uh, i had watched schindler's list which i definitely need to revisit so like all those yeah. sort of things are there but but yeah like i mean for me he i i i think for me the two films that kind of uh, are sort of big big uh Definite definers, I sense in in a, yeah. in that sense are this Bridge of Spies uh, and uh, Jaws, of course, because well, if, I watch Jaws after sort of, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So the, I like what you said about juggling the personal and the professional, but yeah. I think uh, given that it released in 2015, so the world is starting to move towards the right and towards you know a very yeah. violent form of nationalism. Hmm. it also does a fairly beautiful bit of you know patriotic commentary as it were which is yep. that scene in a bar between scott shepard and tom yep. hanks yep and uh, tom hanks is like what makes us americans and he's yep. like it's one thing is the rule book yeah and it's it's just one of the most like you said simple scenes yeah and it's got that coenesc wit which you see right up top yep. uh, in that yeah, scene yeah. about the accident yeah and but it sort of making such a tremendous point at the same time yeah. that you know you're not you don't have to do certain things to prove yes your patriotism exactly. or your love yeah. for your country yeah your agent hoffman yeah yeah german extraction yeah so my name's donovan irish both sides mother and father i'm irish you're german but what makes us both americans just one thing one 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 the rule book we call it the constitution and we agree to the rules and that's what makes us americans it's all that makes us americans so don't tell me there's no rule book and don't nod at me like that you son of a bitch aryan go ahead what is your uh, spielbergian love so I grew up watching uh, Hollywood cinema and most of the uh, well-known Western films on CDs, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the DVDs that I frequently popped in was obviously like a lot of Indians, uh, Jurassic Park. 
Jaws and all these classics, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, films that basically brought the very world blockbuster cinema into existence and yeah. films that have penetrated throughout the world and made a Spielberg a household name. Yeah. And I think my first, my first uh, Spielberg on-screen uh, theater experience was mm-hmm. watching Jurassic Park because it was re-released during one of its uh, 20 or 25 year anniversary. Okay. And uh, that was my first uh, film uh, by Spielberg that I watched in a theater. And just right after that, Tintin was released in mm. 2011. And uh, my school, <laughs> I was uh, quite young back then. So yep. my school took me, uh, took all of us to watch that film in a theater. Mm. And I did not even realize until the film was finished and the credits came that it was directed by Spielberg. And obviously, me being a young naive kid, I was like, oh, he also does animation. This is fascinating. <laughs> and over that one year, 2011 to 2012, that was the year of my life. That was a transition uh, phase in my life where I transitioned to watching more of these uh, subdued and uh, reserved films. Although those came, no, were also... Yeah. yeah. Although those were also, majority of them were like English films or Hollywood, yep. mainstream Hollywood films. Mm. But I transitioned to actually seeking films out rather than just watching everything that came right in front of me. Yep. So in 2012, right a year after watching, having watched Tintin on the big screen with mm. a proper house packed theater audience, mm-hmm. I watched Lincoln at home right before these uh, Oscars, before the Oscar yeah. season officially came in. Mm-hmm. So one of, a screener was obviously leaked and all, and I got to watch the film before it was even released. And that time I realized that this is why Spielberg became a household name because of mm. its sheer range of penetrating different cultures yeah. while also retaining a lot of those basic storytelling beats yeah. and cues. Yeah. And slowly and suddenly I started getting into more of his filmography. I watched Close Encounters. I went mm. chronologically into his films. I watched E.T. quite late in my life and I mm-hmm. loved it. Even though I still till day prefer uh, Close Encounters a bit more. I thought- you know, I was fearing what you were going to say there. I thought, I thought you were going to say that is exactly no. what I was thinking. I was like, do no, not say that. <laughs> okay, so and immediately before even getting into this rabbit hole of uh, collecting and watching all his archival interviews, yeah. all these uh, old, really old interviews of his, uh, before that, I started noticing this uh, re- recurring trend of how he uses... Uh, this push and pull between the personal and the professional of man's uncontrollable obsession over something. Yeah. But something that is yet too abstract, too uh, mm-hmm. constrained into anything yep. very specific. So mm-hmm. I started noticing those themes. Yep. And I think the turning point in my life as a, uh, when I started taking filmmaking and this, uh, this art form way more seriously was this one interview, which I don't mm-hmm. remember who, uh, who came up with that uh, interview, but uh, it was basically a one-on-one conversation between Amita Bachchan and uh, Steven Spielberg where they talk about Duel and all his other, okay. all, all the f- famous film, mm-hmm. films by Spielberg. So it was this one-on-one, one-on-one conversation by Bachchan and uh, Spielberg and that was mm-hmm. the one conversation that I still vividly remember that mm-hmm. entire interview and uh, yeah, yeah. So oh, that I mean, was my introduction to Spielberg. By the end of ET, I did not want to 
leave those kids with their parents. I just wanted to take those kids home with me and raise them. And, and I just simply realized that the entire ET was about my own search for, I guess, the parent in me. Uh, it was a healing movie because my mom and dad got divorced and essentially ET is about an American family and a divorce and its impact on children. And I, I was working on a script about an American divorce when I got the idea to do the alien being stranded on Earth, and I combined both concepts. So in, in, in a sense, that movie was, at that time, in 1982, the most personal thing I had ever done, and it led three years later to my having my first child. Right. You have many children now. I have seven, seven now, and three grandchildren. Wow. Yeah. Do they see your films? They do. They don't like all of them. It's very rare to find filmmakers who are able to, you know, appeal. I mean, this is what I, I mean, I've been reading also a little bit about this. So I guess I'm more prone to being on the Spielberg side than say a Terrence Ma sorry for bringing him up, uh, than say a Terrence Malick side, just because like, that's a good, the comparison I'm making is basically filmmaker who makes one thing, you know, in a particular style again and again and again, versus filmmaker who, dabbles in different genres and different stories like like he has of course Spielberg has a very definable crux or core to how he shoots stuff and how he makes stuff but he has made stuff in a variety of genres now yeah. right like what is what has he not made stuff in actually if that's this that's sort of the actually that's the bigger question than sort of what 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 sort of stuff he's made uh, the one like, thing he didn't really return to was romance right after always flop mm -hmm. I mean West Side Story is um, a romance right Romance, yeah, but again, it's also retelling. Yeah, mm. I think, I think, but what you, the point you make is great because uh, I think it was, uh, I, it was, I think Uday Bhatia who said this somewhere mm. that you can't look at a Spielberg film and say it's a Spielberg film. Mm. You can do that for a Fincher. Mm. You can do that for someone like a Malik. Mm. But the great thing about Spielberg is that he is his yep. chameleon-like ability yep. as a director is his signature. That yeah. you can't, there was this awful time when, and I think Janusz Kaminski pointed this out in the Cinematographer's Roundtable with uh, mm. the Hollywood Reporter at one point, where I think Deakins apparently sent him a message, how's that backlight doing? Because Kaminski <laughs> had really started shoving that backlight into lots of the films they were doing. Yeah. So it's visible all the way up till the post, and then yeah. at some point it disappears. Mm. And it's not, it's not as evident in mm. either West Side Story or in the Fable. Mm. So at one point you could start to say, okay, but that was still more of a Kaminsky decision than mm. a Spielberg decision. No, no, I mean, so, it's, I, I think it's to be commended. I, I mean, yeah, again, definitely. We, we can see, I have favorite filmmakers because I just uh, automatically gravitate towards their very, very particular style. But that particularness sometimes is a restriction also, right? Like to show, I think sometimes, and, and just the ability to, um, take something template driven right and yeah. uh, then sort of put that into a context and and he always has some spin on it like i'm not saying that he yeah. needs to have like a radical take on it like he needs his filmmaking has always been so solid and so like so by solid i mean great like i don't mean like just averagely good like yeah. it's always fantastically good to see the camera move it's as simple as that sometimes which is not, mm -hmm. I know the no. It's not. It shouldn't be the priority. 
like of course you yeah. shouldn't like that's not like after you come from come out of a film you shouldn't be saying oh i loved the way the camera i mean i shouldn't i don't like saying this that i mm-hmm. like the way how the camera was tracking like that's that's not my take if that's my take away then it's like a big big problem i think no but i think mm-hmm. his ability to generally mix character like universal emotion universal yeah. not the company but actually universal mm-hmm. because produced the fablements uh universal emotion in general with drama like everything mm-hmm. like i mean uh, so we basically i've started with gushing so that then i'll dovetail a little yeah. bit into the criticism but no let's let's get into the fablements then now because i think this all kind of leads in well because it's sort of informing the film and mm-hmm. the film sort of informs all this in a way also yeah. so the fablements just to sort of given in i mean the film is basically a semi autobiographical thing about how steven spielberg came to or started films or basically it's it's everything before he actually started making what we know as his feature films it's it's dedicated to his mother and father right from whatever i know yeah, or yeah. Only, it's not just his mother because i think there's a lot of father stuff that's here which is done yeah. fantastically that's actually one of my favorite bits of the film uh, yeah and uh, and so it's again a love letter to them but it's also of course it's about a filmmaker so it's a love letter to cinema itself a mm-hmm. thorny love letter i think it's not as simple yeah. as it's as fun. as as uh, cinema is 24 for 24 uh, what is what is it i always forget this never mind anyways Go ahead. Uh, let's get first impressions. We will begin with Aryan, and then we'll go Varun, and then I'll go ahead. Yeah. So I was really looking forward to watching the Fables. I was actually uh, right and right with my first experience in the theater, and I was mm-hmm. expecting it to release sooner in India <clears throat> because a it's it was backed by a big studio, and b it was a semi-autobiographical story about this huge huge as director, right? Mm-hmm. And West Side Story. I still vividly remember traveling to us for that movie to watch that on the big mm. screen, and the first shot of that film itself, you couldn't tell that it's directed by. I mean, obviously, it doesn't have to do anything with this and all, but mm-hmm. it does not seem like a film that's directed by a seventy-six-year-old filmmaker mm. because the sheer. momentum behind the camera and the way yeah. it complements and oh. elevates the overall story and the thematics of that film right so i was already on board i knew that i would almost i would appreciate this film mm-hmm. right from the get go but i ended up watching it at the home first because mm-hmm. uh, theaters still weren't able to, like there mm-hmm. wasn't a proper COVID schedule in india okay. yeah mm-hmm. and not covid but still i'm talking about fable movies Oh, fable! So, and I just yeah, I just couldn't. They the film came out on VOD. And yeah, it came out early, and, pretty early, right? Yeah, it's been like a while yeah. since it's been out on VOD. Yeah, mid December. Hmm. So I watched it and I loved. Mm-hmm. And even though after after finishing the film for a while, I was a bit skeptical on how I felt, how I landed up the second half of the film. Hmm. There's this one scene hmm. in the second half, hmm. which. Worked even better for me when I watched it on the big screen in the theater mm-hmm. yesterday, mm-hmm. upon the rewatch, and I think that just sums up. It's that one scene in itself is a testament to the greatness of Spielberg as a director, mm. which in a way echoes the one great thing about this art form, the mm. story. I think I know what I know yeah. what scene you're talking about. 
no, no, get into it later because I have I don't yeah. have criticisms for that scene, but I'm also a bit about it. So, anyways, yeah. Uh, so yeah, even but, even from sorry. from an objective point of view, if one were to look at the female ones, I think it's a prestigiously directed film, and you you always know when you're watching a Spielberg film. you often i uh, notice this ethereal white glow that a lot of his films have and i yes. think that glow takes on a different purpose and yeah, in this film because it is in a way god is own life right yeah, so yeah. it just it just made me feel really giddy watching this film man yeah. it's it's yeah yeah no go ahead <laughs> Gosh, gosh! I mean, I like it. I like. I love people rushing about films. I think it's always better than. Uh, uh, I think uh, as as Arjun pointed out, the release in India was quite bad because it opened in America mid November, and I, yeah. because Spielberg has had a day and date release globally since for a while at least. BFG is opened in India same day. In America, yeah, yeah. Bridge of Spies, everything. This and West Side Story both have opened late, so mm-hmm. I also ended up watching it at home. We we have a plasma at home, so it's like a four eighty p television <laughs> set. Neither of my parents watch TV, so they yeah. don't really care. But yeah. I was like sitting far away. If it's a big enough screen, you you forget yeah. what the resolution is. And I was swept up by it. I had mm. been waiting for it. I was really sort of what got me was the casting actually because. While Michelle Williams has done this kind of role, she did it in uh, All the Money in the World, for mm-hmm. instance. She played a mother in that as well. Mm-hmm. I think Seth Rogen and Paul Paul Dano really sort of were clinchers because they're like, "Yeah, fun uncle. Who else are you going to go to?" But Seth, <laughs> yes, Rogen, you know? yeah. And the dude who smokes a doobie every time there's an opportunity. <laughs> and uh, I sort of watched the film, and to me, you know, the thing is when you make a film about filmmaking. Mm. they end up being like you know um, they can go either way they can be either like babylon which is like oh my god filmmaking is a terrible world and or yeah. they can be like oh you know it's all glitz and glamour i think this captures very interestingly the uh, the hardships of of being a film lover more than anything yes because yeah. you're like man i want to do that but you're like oh you know i don't have the means to do it mm mm-hmm. Even yeah. though today people people say all sorts of stuff like it's never been easier than to, yeah. it is today to be a filmmaker. And I who will release your stuff? <laughs> like yeah, exactly. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. and I was just completely swept up by the film because I I I like the way he interacts with the art form through the film. Mm. Like to exactly. him, it it first of all it changes his life as a kid. Yeah. Or it changes Sammy's life as a kid, you know. Uh, you I, can I say him. I think it's fine. Him, Sammy yeah, at this point, same, yeah. Same. Thing. I think, I think that shot of the young child actor—I've forgotten his name. Yeah, uh, watching I have the not film also. projected yeah. on his hand. Yeah, I think that that's ah, one of yes. those shots for the ages. Shot, yes. And it's also so much about, like you know, when he starts shooting, and then later yeah. when that uh, that one scene happens where the parents are like, you know, we're splitting up. The way yeah. it plays out. Yeah, I know which one. That that scene film, is the very often cited. I think as as one yeah. of the key scenes. I think whoever wants to make an argument about if the film is more complicated than what it seems like, very yeah. much points towards that scene. I think that's a very so, astute observation. Also. Like yeah. I, I'm not necessarily sold on this scene as a whole mm. because I think Michelle Williams gets too hysterical in it, mm. and Paul Dano is also not really as measured as he is throughout the film. it could be 
um, just me feeling that yeah. way. Yeah. But I think the way he the way he sees it in that scene, yes, is like everything in his life is about film. Yeah, like he's learning about life through film as much as you know anything else, and it just completely swept me up. It's not like the film mm. is perfect, mm. but I was like, you know what? There 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 are emotional driving points to it. Let's be honest. Spielberg mm. is in the evening of his days. Yeah. John Williams is in the night of his days. Yeah, this is the last film they're working on together. Yeah. yeah. So there are those emotional points, but mm. it's also very clearly about the fact that you know he has, like you said, it's a thorny love letter. It's it's about the fact that it's not a perfect yeah. sort of relationship he has had with the art form. Yeah. And he sort of also he comes to the realization that he can play God, like right yes. at the end when he does that ditch day shooting. Yes. And it's. It's great to see him embrace that side of, you know, yeah. that I've loved this profession and it's given me so much. It's yeah. almost like that. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I, whatever you guys have said, I largely agree with only. I think it's, to me, I think the film is most interesting as a, uh, as a relationship between film and filmmaker. Uh, sorry, film and yeah. sorry, uh, the camera and the filmmaker and how he uses that device as a means of control but yeah. how that mean of control itself is uncontrolled i don't know if this makes sense yeah. but but this idea i think and this will reverberate throughout the film and i think i'm pretty confident to say this is my favorite scene of last year is the basically the intermission uh not the intermission point but there's on, I noted this time it was the 50. It was the intermission point in, uh, in, but in India. When she yeah. watches it, it's the intermission yeah. point. But but yeah. Achai, in India it was. They actually yeah, put it, attention to it when it fades to, the fades montage, to black. Yeah. It was amazing. It was okay. Amazing. Yeah. So that is basically the intermission point. Only that. Yeah. No, but for me it's 55th minute. Judd Hirsch basically gives his speech, yeah. which I think is very mm-hmm. popular, and it's this. It basically informs everything about what's coming to transpire which is yeah. family art they will they will tear you into two that's the sort of central crux i feel like from that point and the basically the next scene that montage happens and yeah. i the i was watching it in the cinema the first time and i genuinely had my jaw drop like i was like he sat down and did, like i mean i'm sure there's been similar sort of ways of but everything in that scene just came together for me performance uh, the way the music, I think, uh, like the use of that classical piece there is phenomenal. Yeah. And the way one sort of that links with what he thinks uh, he's seeing on the screen. So it's everything sort of colliding. His world sort of is collapsing around him yeah. as he's edit- like as he's watching it. And it's, it's the I think, the point of everything being thorny at that point, I feel. It's the sense that that's one medium he thought he had control over. That's one medium. He thought he could manipulate everything. He could create everything from it. But then he sits there and he sees that it's recorded something that he hadn't planned. And I think that realization and him sort of like that breaking him, I think that's like my sort of favorite. revival of the entire context of the scene changing. Exactly. He puts the reels again. He puts back the reels. The camera swirling again. The music starts again. Like it's every, like, I don't know. I will definitely do a close analysis of the scene sometime (laughs) because there's so much in the scene to pick apart. But 
but i don't uh, but everything i think before that also serves a great precursor to what's coming up and i think like that central tension between art family filmmaking is something which is you know a means of creating meaning a means of revealing meaning i think that's the bigger sort of dichotomy also that's that's going there all that i thought is is so phenomenal in a film which seems like it's like i think the trailer is promoted as a simple sort of father is science scientist or yeah. whatever mother is art and then you'll get like this broad clash between art and science and like that's yeah. that's what it which it isn't because in effect filmmaking is science and art in any case right it's a mixture yeah, yeah. of the two the lovely thing i think the second time i was watching in the first half was just i was i was fixated on paul dano this time i was like mm. i really felt bad for him i was like i i felt i really and i mean i was like they made me feel bad for the engineer in the family i like that's <laughs> how that, that's the limits mm. to which you can go no but he's yeah. really really good or maybe I, he reminds me of someone i've seen who i won't <laughs> reveal so uh so he and he really got to something and i was like really moved by whatever he was doing in the margins i know the store stealers are like judd hirsch mm-hmm. and like michelle williams yeah, who michelle i'm still williams. not sold on i don't get that performance i don't know I why <laughs> i don't get that performance still are you can defend her performance and i love yeah. michelle williams in general so i i think it's more of a weird i don't know anyways but i love gabriel labelle also i know he kind of gets oh, he's fantastic, the movie. He's fantastic as the main character here and i think uh, second half you you guys will get into but but first half i'm all i'm all with you guys uh, I, i think uh, the point about gabriel labelle is actually quite interesting because it made me think of the number of young actors spielberg has worked with over the years mm-hmm. be it the kid actors he's worked with naturally because he's done you know yes. the kid films yeah. so to speak et and you know all, all of that but also he's had dicaprio at a fairly early juncture yeah. in his career he's had um has he had uh, any of those uh, actor director uh, collaboration like i know scorsese tom, has tom had tom hanks no, tom hanks yes sorry yes tom yeah hanks. that's yeah yes 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 so um so and rachel zegler in in west side story mm-hmm. and now gabriel labelle yeah and it's interesting what he makes these young you know late teens early 20s kind of people do and yeah. how of course i feel he failed because he couldn't get ansel elgort to emote but i think that's more an ansel elgort feeling yeah. so let's, let's not but get it, it, it just sad because he failed because he couldn't get him out of this <laughs> <laughs> that's so true he's good in baby driver okay i defend him for that uh, but okay yeah Anyways. but I, i felt like you know he really knows how to use 
Yeah. Uh, people and like you said, Dano is so good in the film. And like you, I'm not sold on the Michelle Williams performance. I think it's it just the sort of the pitch of it is just off at some. Point. It's not like, just her. Like I don't want to just blame it on her. Like, yeah, it's, it's not her just performance. Her. I think it's, it's, it's a combination of a lot of things. Almost like the scene where he asked that guy to just walk in and yes. uh, continue to emote for way too long. <laughs> That's Michelle Williams' performance. A little bit. But not, I <laughs> don't think it's just that though. Yeah? Like I think there's one scene I think I was really moved by her in this is uh, is mm-hmm. the intermission point where the camera like yeah. goes like almost does his traditional dolly in which uh, and she's watching the projector like whatever Sammy has recorded and edited yeah. off the affair he finds out about his mm-hmm. mo- mom and Benny and she, it just like uh, stays mm-hmm. on her face and she has yeah, such yeah. a uh, expressive face in general mm-hmm. I think when she's doing the histrionic and like everything and like everything's eccentric I'm like okay I I, I need to whatever which you might know, as be part it, of the character so yes that's what I'm saying that it works for me basically because uh, it helps create it helps reinforce these uh, dichotomies more on screen of having this uh, very well sort mechanical uh, part at his home of mm. Paul Dano's character of his father yeah. versus this grand character yep. which is like literally the sentimental part of his of all his yep. films right? yeah yeah multiplied by a hundred right yeah. so it's I mean, about a finding a balance better, between yes. that and i know that it can get very uh, obnoxious on screen because it gets too much into that aspect yeah but i think it works for me because the film immediately acknowledges all, all of all of these things right when it's first time because mm-hmm. there's this uh, scene again it comes it brings me on the same thing about uh, establishing this connection between uh, a loving an art form and filming it and mm-hmm. coming on terms to uh, becoming embracing that art form. Mm-hmm. So there's this one scene where she's sitting and they're all wondering, uh, both his parents are wondering that why does he have to hit the train and do the train? Mm-hmm. Why does he even yeah. want the train? And then she's just suddenly sitting there and this thought, this realization comes to her after she realizes that she can't pursue her own uh, yeah. dream of playing and singing anymore. And yeah. that's when she realizes, oh, he just wants to establish some control over them. Yeah. That's why he wants to see them hit. That's why yeah. it's important for him to see the train crash. Yeah. And it seems like that which completely brings the film back to its ground, rooted mm-hmm. reality. When Sammy also acknowledges, in a way, Spielberg acknowledges that you have to be a selfish person sometimes to survive yeah, yeah. doing this, yeah. pursuing this art form, right? Yeah. When her, when you literally have this, have the scene where uh, his sister tells him to in his in his yeah. face that uh, you are the one who's selfish. That's why you're so much like her. That's yeah. why you can't see her like this. Yeah. And it's just. <laughs> No, no, like I get, I, so I know, I get yeah. what you mean. I, I just, it's again, I think it's being used to a certain pitch of performance, also. I think, and I, I, I again, I do think it's less only performance, more just makeup, yeah. also, like hair design. Like I know that's if you're recreating that look, it must be drawn from very much like whatever mm-hmm. he yeah. used to have uh, like his 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 recollection of his mom right and if you want to go down the route of a child remembering a parent it's always a little bit glorified yeah. so mm-hmm. so all that works in the context but i feel i still find it hard going to really get into 
some of the histrionics that are going on with her character but i i understand why some people have really liked her like i know that uh, it's been a very divisive sort of performance so i think i think the thing is um if you see the hbo documentary that they did on spielberg a couple mm-hmm. of years ago she's very much uh, like his mom like lea adler okay the thing is that like while i do agree with what arnes pointed out that you know it's a mechanical father and an artistic mother and that mm-hmm. that sort of clash as it were mm-hmm. i think somewhere because the rest of the film is operating on a different plane altogether mm-hmm. from the performance it spielberg is not able to get it to mm-hmm. sort of fit mm-hmm. like so she to some of us she might appear like she exists outside of the film mm-hmm. like even benny with the fun uncle gag essentially fits in well with the space Yeah, but maybe you know maybe maybe the point is to make her seem like this eccentric mm-hmm. who doesn't fit in you know you mm-hmm. you can't tell everything mm-hmm. is conjecture essentially yeah about but no, but I, i i think if he if if gabriel labelle is supposed to be the synthesis of the two then right. i feel in many ways his performance mediates the eccentric and uh, that thing a little bit i see I think there's an argument to be definitely made be made about why that's such a conscious decision on uh, Spielberg's part I feel I don't want to because I think Michelle Williams is a fantastic actor I've seen her in enough yeah. things to be convinced that she's a great actress in general so it's not that her it's a very I'm sure she's doing the what is being told it's it's not like a it's not like just her performance quirk yeah. that's coming through cuz she I think mm-hmm. is generally known for playing more reserved characters right yeah. so i think maybe i don't know i can't even imagine other characters in this i don't know i'm trying to think now but uh, but no, go ahead whatever you guys like it it works for the judge hirsch character because he is built up like that right yeah. you know yeah. you're told that he's, he's yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah so you're told he, that yeah. this guy is coming and he's going to change this entire thing yeah. so you are you're ready for it you're also sort of ready for Oh, what's his name? Bird's mother's character, because you know this is a woman born ah, in the yes. early nineteen hundreds. Yes, 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 yes. And yes. you because the setting informs you as much, right? Yeah. Not maybe not and even Ford, early nineteen hundreds. Even John Ford, yeah. <laughs> like even, even John David Ford, Lynch. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I, I I don't know whether that cameo works for me entirely. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. Um, I'm not because John Ford had a very different sort of. Uh, but I mean, we'll get to that later. Yes, yes. But I I felt like. the hirsch thing worked and mm-hmm. michelle williams again in in parts of uh, ridley scott's all the money in the world she did have to do the hysteria a bit mm-hmm. and i do to me she doesn't do the hysteria very well like she that's does right. it well in a film like blue valentine mm-hmm. where the that's a very reserved still, side of yeah, yeah and, and it's a very yeah, sort of you know almost a claustrophobic kind of yeah. setting yeah. here where there's a little more space to do things mm-hmm. I don't think it comes off as well, but then mm. I mean it's a function of character. It's yeah. you can assign, and it's still a good performance. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not bad acting at yeah. any level. It's it's still very. It's good about acting. level of engagement. I think like yeah. how much you get connected or drawn to it. Like I was just drawn to, and I'm not the biggest Paul Dano fan. I think like I've never again. He's not one of the actors. I like I, if someone says which actors' films do you look forward to, I don't think Paul Dano yeah. is the one who comes to my mind. But I was like just looking. I was like, firstly, I was just like feeling bad for him. I was like, yeah, 
poor like poor guys and like there's one shot where they had the camping trip and the, and he's trying to explain something about the camp yeah. like the camera even looks apart and i was like come on stay stay towards him he needs yeah. some like he needs someone and he mm-hmm. he does a lot of like the like there's i think one moment where Bur, like benny makes michelle williams character laugh a lot and he's just like he know he you can see him feeling yeah. terrible at the fact that she can't she he's not making her laugh but then he I starts laughing i think that's laughing. right at the beginning of the film yeah right? at the beginning and he starts laughing table. yeah and he yeah, starts yeah. laughing because because he's accommodating he's that's what he's done yeah. throughout his life and and it's really touching and especially because the trailer paints him to be a complete douche like the trailer yeah. the, the trailer paints him out to be one of those very stereotypical fathers who never supported yeah, yeah. exactly roy from udan roy basically but he's not that at all uh, he's he's yeah. terrific i think yeah. of the sort of grown up performances he's yeah. sort of he won't get since, a, since, it's very uh, very predictable that uh, paul dero won't get a nomination because he, Oscars, i i knew it yeah so Oscars yeah, are about डजेंट play around with the fact that you know his parents had this not an acrimonious split but hmm. it was a marriage that went pretty badly wrong because yep. like um, you know your wife falls in love with your best friend is hmm. is shitty essentially yeah and i think it takes courage because again right you're not used to looking at your parents with objectivity yeah and spielberg I mean, people who are watching the film casually might not care, but he's very only very recently lost his dad mm. at like the ripe old age of one hundred and two. So you know, it's you're still sort of processing that, yeah. and you're trying to not make a judgment. And I think that he does very well. He doesn't arrive at a judgment about which parent is good, which parent, oh yeah, yeah, which parent is bad. Yeah, and a lot of that actually has to do with the scene that uh, you know Aryan pointed out, the scene where. Julia Butters, who plays the sister, closes to him in age. Reggie, she confronts him about. Yeah, she's she's also completely different from what she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. As like this is the she's same. She's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, this is the kid actor from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think. Oh wow! Julia I Butters, right? know this, which is a good sign of a whatever. Either a good sign. It's either a sign of my memory or either a sign of or like she the actor being fast. very good. Yes. So yes, I would say the next thing rather than the former, yeah. like. Yeah. So it's it's because you would judge a parent in that sort of a situation. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, you would, and uh, you would at that age, more or less, parents or rather children would judge the father rather than the mother mm. because the mother is sort of built up in any sort of consciousness as a sort yeah. of superior figure. Yeah. And I quite liked how he, you know, still manages to pull it all together and. Yeah. Like you said, Dano is fantastic, and I I do like him a lot. But like you said, I mean, Dano is never frontlining yeah. a film. Like 
Paul Rudd got Ant-Man, but like Dano is not going to get. I mean, Dano. I mean, he, he got he got Riddler. He got Riddler. He's got like, the unfortunate thing of being second fiddle to a lot of people in the in yeah, the film. I mean, he's, he's done yeah. done well. Like even there, there will be. There will there will be blood. He's pretty good in that. He's pretty good in that, right? So. Yeah. He's great in that. He's yeah. and he's got that you know chillingly neutral face. Yeah, you don't know what uh, this guy could be. He could be the sweetest, you know, yes. uh, dude who hands out candy, or, just, uh, or he could be a psychopath, yeah. which he is in Riddler, which he is in Prisoners. Yeah. Oh, he's in Prisoners also. Yeah, he's not the psychopath in Prisoners. Yeah, 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 yeah. Money Hunter is the psychopath. And the fact yeah. that they scapegoat his character because. Yeah. Of Yeah. because of that yeah, yeah 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 i forgot yeah. why have i forgotten about prisoners i remember really liking that film anyways aryan what were you saying were you saying anything yeah or, so yes. i <laughs> i was just saying that it's just it just comes down to especially after the rewatch hmm. the entire film for me comes down to this one scene yeah oh yeah you were saying the, the second half the yes yeah towards the end In, of the film yeah. after filming the entire it's day thing yeah he goes to confront his dad on prom okay yes <laughs> and of course because he is grand because he is a uh, grown up watching films and all he decides yeah. to ask her date out to marry yeah. her okay he yeah. proposes yeah. to her yeah. <laughs> yeah on the prom night and yeah. obviously the national reaction is yeah. <laughs> the girl is freaked out okay yeah and there's a point where the conversation just keeps getting worse and worse it just keeps getting yeah. awkward yeah. and awkward for mm. both of them okay and she even put uh, takes out uh, yeah. jesus the, christ uh, jesus yeah. yes yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and she's like i'll pray for you because you need praying yeah and there's this fun dialogue yeah. where she says that sometimes we just can't yeah. fix things <laughs> yeah we just have to, to uh, suffer we just have to suffer or something like that okay? yeah. that sometimes yeah. we just can't fix things we just something something and... what a jesus follower would say i suppose <laughs> yeah <laughs> very okay. very and she's like yes. we have to suffer you can't just fix everything sam oh. and it's like a very melodramatic scene and you see the yeah. lights getting dimmed and all hmm. and then you see the film being played or the film hmm. that he shot and edited and cut out hmm. and you see spielberg prove the contrary yep. which in itself is a testament to this art form hmm. of no you can change everything you can change people's perspective you can have this frame shift in emotions hmm. because this medium allows that yep. this is a medium that's powerful enough to cheat your way to manipulate yep. footage and to manipulate people's emotions but yep. it can do good things it can portray and anti semitic as a hero is that a good yeah, thing i was about to ask is that a good thing <laughs> like if it can I, that's also its form of cheating and lying no but that's what he acknowledges is right right yeah. after the end when he confronts so and the very fact that again it's very cheesy it's very hollywoody yeah but the the dialogue where he, he's like he, you see the guy the guy who's pissed at him you see yeah. him uh, echoing the same thing that the girl had said yeah that uh, life's not life is not a film sam yeah. you have to grow up and he's like yeah. i mean yeah but in the end you did get the goal yeah and yeah. He, he's just silent he's just <laughs> it's yeah. just that's no i, I, I understand like, the this is why i love this movie and i understand the film for it yeah i think if if anyone loves that scene that in 
general is a testament to what spielberg has given to cinema in general hmm. but i totally understand why that scene and the film wouldn't work for anyone because of its over sentiment sentimentality because it asks for too much hmm. <laughs> from the viewer but for me it's it's it really sums up spielberg's entire career yeah no but i mean to take off a little bit on what aryan said the hmm. bad guy gets the girl which is often i mean the bad guy rather gets what he wants in life which is yeah. often the case in life yeah so it's also sort of you know doing Mixed. that that it, yeah. you can do what you want in life mm. but you can also get screwed over by it because the girl's left yes, yes. now he's figuring things out yeah nahi nahi it's a good contrast who, no like everyone's yeah. cheering and everything but that the next scene is he's crying uh like yeah. uh, in the locker room so like, that exactly. contrast i think yeah. is there i so i'm not going to say much about this scene because i know you guys love it the the california section basically to me is the is the point where the film dips a fair bit yeah, yeah. Uh, he leaves the camera mm-hmm. and i think the film basically leaves me a fair bit i'm just like there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff happening i don't partic- so i was first time i watched it i was split between thinking if the stuff at the college is like intentionally a bit cringy or if it's just mm-hmm. a bit hokey yeah. in general and i think the second time i watched it i was more on the second side i was like okay i don't think i'm with this the entire date the day, like the i know day, some people yeah. really like the whole jesus girl i'm like oh, fine i get it but like i'm like i thought it was hilarious there's no i, I had a very weird moment of that entire subplot this time around so maybe it's just <laughs> yeah i mean i was just a bit like uh, it's okay like I, i i i understand the appeal for it but i was also a bit like this is a little too cringy for me like i was like i was like just going on the other side of like a little too you, much you know to to me what what that allowed what the jesus girls upload allowed spielberg to do and what the entire high school thing allows him to do is also reflect on religion yeah which is uh, if you look at up until 1993 steven mm. spielberg is the maker of blockbusters yeah but nobody takes him seriously in the sense that okay he's had an empire of the sun yeah but that's about it yeah right he's still the guy who's making sci-fi movies and movies about sharks and movies about archaeologists yes 93 is when schindler's list happens yeah and his acceptance of his judaism yeah changes his entire life as a film yeah right so i think the film also it it rips mm. on both it it takes yes, pot yes. shots and judaism as well like yeah. he's got that you know very heavily sort of jewish grandmother who's crazy mm-hmm. to the point of you know yeah to the point yeah. of like people can remember their own sort of grandparents and uh, you know what ideas they have or like yeah. old people in general what ideas they have about religion yeah and then you know he's got this really stupid shot of them starting to make out and Jesus on the cross looking down at him. <laughs> you know. Oh yes, 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 I remember. This is stupid, but it so, is hilarious. No, I get it. Like I mean, I I what you say is actually very true. Uh I I guess I want like if if you if you're going to riff on that, I would want it to be in in done in a much harsher light or like the yeah. the whatever approach he's taking here, I was a bit like, okay, I get what you also Armageddon time released this year. my so and it's a lot about this similar sort of thing and yeah. i was a bit like my head kept on going to like only in that aspect nothing else yeah like i know both of them are supposed to be our jewish families right and uh, like yeah. and how that sort of informs them 
and their sort of perspectives on a lot of things. Uh, so this this when when all this sort of dovetailed into the high school stuff and when the bullies are making him like yeah. are, are are being like that i was a bit like a little too like normal i don't want to say high school or post high school tv sort of stuff i was like but whatever i was a bit yeah. like i was missing the center of you know that the tension that was that was established before which is there yeah. in some like what arena saying about the uh, the ditch day scene there is that tension yeah. that comes back uh, about the, filmmaking and how that sort of yeah. yeah and then there's that shot in the the scene that varun had described before of him filming his parents divorce in the glass yeah, yeah. which is yeah. which is the big which is the big central tension i thought and i was like oh wow you got that back can you please yeah. stick on to this because i really am gravitating towards what you're doing with this so i really like that but but then but then i think whenever it's in california i was a little like uh, it's like going it's going on like normal fumes like i wasn't like super into it so maybe it's maybe it's that i think um, one of the unfortunate byproducts of making a film on your career hmm. or sort of reflecting on life in general and this hmm. is also so- something that happened to irishman mm-hmm. is that people need to have too much context sometimes yes Yes. Sorry. Right. I mean, I I can't be expected to walk walk into a movie having read all twenty five biographies published on you, watched the ten ten <laughs> documentaries you have made. This yes. is not a PhD thesis. Yes. But like, I think so. If if your film requires that much sort of ancillary viewing or reading, then it's too much. Yeah. And there were parts of it where I felt Spielberg didn't. uh like i felt he could have really gone into the high school thing because hmm. uh antisemitism is a big problem in the united states yeah, yeah. for a country that intervened in world war 2 and yeah. sort of you know discovered yeah. not discovered but they helped liberate so many of the concentration camps their hmm. apathy towards a community that has been slaughtered is yeah. quite casual i mean that's what i'm saying right like if you're going to approach yeah. that then you really need to focus on lean, it which i think yeah, you don't lean, have that yeah. much time here to do that it's like like going through a lo- number of things that you have to do and i think yeah. he has a central focus in that filmmaking art family thing yeah. so i think this sort of stuff i'm like this maybe could have been like a second part like a, if you want to yeah. fablements too which of course you oh, know yeah. like he's not going <laughs> i mean it's better we we have, we have enough It'd universes be, yeah. and uh, thing yeah. set up for us pathan 2 has to come sometime so looking forward what to was just been announced apparently today like unofficially okay. but i mean <laughs> the point about <laughs> the, the second half that you <laughs> after that like a funeral moment right if you really think i hope they don't resurrect tiger shroff <laughs> oh that's happening 100% that, that's bad but uh, i think like though i somewhat agree with the problems mm. you got with the with the second half of the film it mm. does have what is my favorite scene which is mm-hmm. him and his dad in the apartment oh that's so the that's when they get out of california though so my california mm. thing is a <laughs> oh, i have a okay. problem with the california section that's no LA. but him and his dad is in, in california when is it in california i mean sorry i mean they whenever the title okay, cards so say california you mean suburb they say LA. yes yes, yes. Right, yeah, like okay. i'm referring to the title cards yeah, right yeah. but I, i also felt like he he had a nice approach to california he was like okay you're used to sun in california there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of yeah, yeah yeah it's all very everything's going bad now basically whenever bad, yeah. when he chucks out his camera most of the stuff camera yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so 
I like though how how he gets back into filmmaking is so like yeah. blase. It's like because someone else has a very super very cool camera. Yeah. Cool camera. I like it. Like I I don't like I don't need that moment to be like oh my camera. Okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's also in a subtle way, in a very in a in one way, it's also very mechanical. Thing, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because of because of the camera, <laughs> yes. that's why he's wanting to get back. <laughs> yeah. And that's why his father is like oh. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll his dad I'll... is like, oh, he's probably grown I up, and I, I liked all yeah. that also. Like that dinner table conversation was pretty good. I like yeah. that. Uh, uh, and yeah. I like the fact that they use that underlying. It's a comedic scene, yeah. like that plumber scene, no, from Kapoor and Sun. Yes. So it, at the surface oh, yeah. level, it's a comedic scene. Yeah. But then when you see Mitzi and Bert, Bert sort of, you know, start dishing it out to each yeah, other, yeah. you realize yeah. that there's, you know, real firecrackers go off. Yeah, yeah he's no, basically like, so, you've won, right? You, you all it's so always good, actually, that you bring that scene up because yeah. I, I remember I was exactly thinking, I was precisely thinking of the same scene from Kapoor and Sons, yeah. not because of the similarities, but because I remember uh, in the film companion interview or something like that, where Shakun Batra was talking about how he was inspired by this one scene from Close Encounters, which oh, wow. similarly creates that kind of a chaos, like where there's a in the ah. background, there's a comedic scene playing out, but in the foreground, there's these uh, ten- tensed uh, family dynamics that yeah. are slowly unraveling. And I was thinking of the same scene. And I, I mean, I have so many jokes to make here, but I'm not <laughs> going to delve into this. There's so many as a subtle uh, visual cues and yeah. uh, storytelling yeah. beat, which I was like fascinated to uh, mm-hmm. pick up on upon my second rewatch while watching mm-hmm. the Fable Wins, which mm-hmm. were like so evidently there in films like E.T. and uh, mm-hmm. Close Encounters and all these films. E.T. Like, especially... I, think, I mean, the trinkets are there in both E.T. Yeah. and uh, Clo- Close yeah, Encounters. Yeah. I was listed because I just rewatched them, abhi, not rewatch, I watched them for the first time, abhi, actually. So I was which... like, no. Both of them, I hadn't seen them. <laughs> Close Encounters. Listen, Narayan, I am watching. I'm watching. <laughs> I am watching. Uh, Close Encounters is Close Encounters is very, very good. Yeah. Very, very. I good. mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't 18th. think any other film from the seventies, and I am saying this with a straight face. I don't I like. Don't think, what do you mean? I don't. I don't think any other American film from the seventies has had that kind of influence. Oh, impact! Why Taxi yeah. Driver? Godfather. So, man, Close Godfather. Encounters. Close and Godfather is okay. Godfather comes. Close Godfather is okay. Encounters. I'm gonna. Uh, Star Wars. Right? Star Wars. Out of context. Out of context. Star Wars, but still, Close Encounters. Ka, if you look, it's, at its impact. <laughs> now it is. Yes. Blockbuster yes, cinema. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's unprecedented. Are you are definitely getting the out of out of context? Godfather is okay. Is getting published somewhere. <laughs> Your father was a computer scientist. Your mother was a musician. When the spaceship lands, how do they communicate? That's a very good question. I like that. (laughs) You've answered the question. They make music on their computers, and they are able to speak to each other. You see, I'd love to say, you know, I intended that, and I realized that was my mother and father, but not until this moment. I think we should go towards the David Lynch moment, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the David Lynch, John Ford, uh, Horizon joke moment, which has spoiled every... Every... Surprisingly, uh, like, 
You had David Lynch fans probably there more so than John yeah. Ford fans. Yeah, I was surprised. Nobody knows John Ford today. Yeah, which is sad. But like, I, I, I find that scene funny mainly because less because of John Ford, just because it's David more Lynch. Because of David Lynch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like David Lynch playing a very annoying. Uh, he seems annoyed, which yeah, he yeah. would in if he starred in Fablemans. <laughs> like I felt like that. <laughs> like it's so yeah. not his place to be. He feels out of place. Which is, I think, the funny thing about the scene. So, uh, but but that horizon thing has totally ruined my viewing of Spielberg and Ford movies. Now all I do is look at where the freaking horizon is all the time, every time. And honestly, I was watching the Spielberg films. He barely holds a, a shot in the middle. It's always up or down only. Like he's actually taken that advice pretty seriously. So from thirty-five um, movies. Yeah, I mean, I to just watch two, so I know from those. Two, <laughs> but I will, I will be watching AI for the first time after uh, today sometime. So yes. I haven't watched it. I, I, I think heard that's the. You know, uh, John Ford was a funny callback actually, mm. and it's also very interesting that the only two films he watches in the film are yeah, both John Ford films. Yeah, Great right? Showner. He doesn't. Uh, yeah, and uh, Liberty Vance. Liberty Vance. Vance sorry, Liberty yeah, Vance. Yeah, yeah. Vance, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't watch any William Wyler. He doesn't watch any mm-hmm. uh, Frank Capra. He doesn't watch anything by yeah, any of the other Frank guys, Capra right? of, of <laughs> He doesn't watch... He, he, and what surprised me was because uh, in the lockdown, I'd watched this show Spielberg uh, and Amblin Television did uh, called Five Came Back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about these five contemporary filmmakers. So you've got Spielberg, uh, Coppola, mm-hmm. Greengrass, Lawrence Kasdan, and Guillermo del Toro. Wow. Talking about the five Hollywood big filmmakers who went uh, to shoot actual footage during battles of World War II. So you've got uh, George okay. Stevens Sr., you've got John Ford, you've got William Wyler, you've got uh, Frank Capra, and you've got, uh, I've forgotten the fifth. But in that film, so each filmmaker had an assigned director. Mm-hmm. Greengrass took John Ford and yeah. Spielberg took Weiler, mm. which was surprising to me here because I was like, hey, then why didn't you do John Ford over there? <laughs> Is it I because guess... Greengrass wanted Ford that badly? So, so weird to imagine Greengrass as a Fordian. Like, his camera never stays still. Like, oh my goodness. More on Paul yeah. sometime else. <laughs> sort of yeah, yeah. version that is. But yeah. uh, no, but no, no, go ahead. Aryan, you read so, your theater from, crazy, right? From what I from what I've heard, I've not watched any of John Ford interviews uh, from back mm-hmm. in the day, but from what I've heard, a lot of people have been saying that he was actually quite similar when it comes to his style of uh, like smoking and lit letting up the cigarette. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. but that even David that is very <laughs> that was the thing. people. <laughs> Why would it not work for people? Because for me, the last shot, the uh, frame shift, yeah, 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 that that entire thing is it's like such a giddy, yeah, yet, yeah. Uh, fun acknowledgement that he's still learning yeah. in yeah. a way that he's still. Oh, I think it's just Janowski that... and uh, Steven Spielberg being like, <laughs> oh, we we know everything. We'll just make a joke about framing in the last scene, which uh, <laughs> <literally laughs> which most cinephiles will get. But but of course they've yeah. just been told, so maybe everyone. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, but it's such a fun acknowledgement. Yeah, it is. It's, a great, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great moment, I think. But yeah, you said, Varun, you are not so sold on Mr. Lynch. No, I mean, I was not sold on Lynch because, mm. uh, okay, first of all, Ford looks completely 
completely different right <laughs> ford is a much shorter much shorter <laughs> yeah no but actually actually uh, uh, gabriel label looks a bit like the kids uh, exactly the, yeah i noticed that he's, especially when he's wearing that on yeah. his day pe when he's wearing mm. that uh, short on yeah. beach because i remember seeing uh, documentaries and like random clips from uh, sets of jaws back yeah. in the mm. day and i was like oh my god he looks uh, You just give him specs. Which do you think reminded you of Jaws also a little bit? Or what uh, the, the setting? Waves. Just because it's a beach, yeah, you say it's Jaws. Yeah, like, I would have, I would have loved to see that. You know that shot that Spielberg poster with Jaws. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would. There's a poster of Vertigo. I'll notice this time uh, lying around in one scene. Uh, oh, like okay. only you only see like a like one side of it. But I was like, oh, neat. I mean, just because I like Vertigo, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's why it's neat. So, no, but yeah, you were saying. Yeah, I felt the I liked Lynch, but I feel like if they had not sort of alluded to John Ford so clearly mm. with the eye patch and the cigars and everything, yeah. it would have still worked as yeah. as a scene. But because they wanted to do that, I felt somewhere you know, and he he's not natural. He doesn't feel like a an actor actor. He's like a cameo guy. I mean, I you know, you know, he's uh, no no. I was about to say if you watch him in Lynch movies, he feels like an actor because that left <laughs> the acting he's doing in that movie or that show, at least Twin Peaks, seems just yeah. right for that tonality yeah, of that show, <laughs> like the bonkersness and like the he does that. And I think that's yeah. why I was like, this isn't. I don't care if it's John Ford. This is David yeah. Lynch being in a Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. Of course, he which feels is, awkward. Which is fine enough. Yeah. Yeah. But it was fun enough. Like I, I, I laughed a bit, and you know, mm. the the handkerchiefs or no, not the handkerchiefs actually, the lipstick. Lipstick. Ford, the Ford was actually notorious for the hankies. He used to chew up his hankies, like twenty hankies in a shooting day, and like then you know chuck them around or whatever. But it is, it's great to you know, it's a nice little acknowledgement. I feel like yeah. he, I, I'm also glad Spielberg didn't double down on. He went with just Ford because he could have just as easily won. Oh, you know what? When I was sneaking around the Universal lot, Alfred Hitchcock used to be shooting television. So I'm going to show you one fat dude shooting a TV pilot. I'm glad he didn't do it. No, no, like the restriction. It didn't feel like whatever. Look yeah. at who all even, I was even, able to meet. Even even yeah, <laughs> even the Hogan's Heroes sort of reference does not. It for a second it reminded me of that awful show Paramount made the offer. <laughs> And then I was like, then I. Are this to we've heard like someone told us it was good, no, Aryan, the offer, sure. the offer, the Godfather. This is the Godfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the Godfather show. Making okay. off or something. Yeah, I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I've not seen. I'm just. I I watched like four episodes and I checked out. Can't stand it. Can't stand okay. it. That's okay. me after every every show. <laughs> it is good or bad. Why so, you love yeah. Last of Us, no? But that is for like different reasons. Huh? Personal, I was more. Surprised. अच्छा जस्ट फॉर दैट जस्ट फॉर दैट ट्रिविया 
throughout his career, this was actually the first film, if I'm not wrong, that he actually uh, premiered at a film festival. That yeah. actually. Oh, really? Yeah, in Toronto. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. okay, he was really, he has been eyeing for the Oscar in that year. I so, think it's also the fact that, have you guys noticed this? This is the first time Spielberg's finished a film and his next has not been announced yet. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, there's always going to be a film in some point of production. I mean, yeah, if this, if there is a, be- can there be a better farewell sort of? Is that, that's No, I, I really, I, I want him to, I want him and Scorsese to like die with their books. <laughs> <laughs> we should end on that note. We should end on no, a no. good Spielberg. No, but like <laughs> the, the Oscars, I feel personally, I don't know what why Arjun feels so strongly for Spielberg. Hmm. I would like for McDonough to get it. He's nominated. Right? Ah, he's not going to win. He's not going to win because it's too yeah. it's too bleak a movie, first yeah. of all, for the Oscars. And we don't give such movies Oscars. Hmm. And the Daniels are not going to win because it's only their second movie. I think they might win. Yeah. Swiss, Swiss Army Man and then this Oscars are a five picture banao fir denge kind of situation oh that way it's but never been to, i don't know see it's very weird because uh, i think it might end up winning because it would be the safest bet because no one would be offended yeah but so, everything everywhere or yeah. spielberg both of them because, would every, no one will be offended if daniel also win i think no no people will be very offended it's really? a east east asian woman in a film about acha as in like oh as in like the, mm-hmm. the all the kkk here. people will be yeah, yeah. the trolls here okay yeah. who takes that seriously or it could just end up winning best picture e, you never e, know e, 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 oh, it will win no best picture it i think they're a lock they're they're a lock for best picture yeah unless top gun maverick suddenly gets no, no, those awards no, no. I don't think so. I mean, but, I mean, uh, yeah, that's a different conversation. But I was just going through best picture nominees yesterday, and I was like, yeah. "Oh God, I'm really scared. I don't want to <laughs> like." You're scared. Like, Why are you scared? Yeah, because because I know that the films that I actually love aren't going to win. Yeah, Maybe but that all happens year. every year, no? Ah, but still. Ah, <laughs> when I you have, have when you have films like Banshees. Yeah, um, I think Banshee? I think Banshees will just become one of those movies, you know. Original screenplay won... potentially, it has strong competition. He, I don't know it. He's already got one. Triangle would win, man. Screenplay Triangle is. Are you? McDonald. No I'm not even kidding. I'm not. Kidding. Triangle of Sadness now winning screenplay. It's winning. It's. Winning. It's between Banshees and Tar. And Tar, I'm afraid. <laughs> राइट फेबल If yeah. if he wins DGA, he's a lock for the Oscars. They have mm-hmm. seldom gone against the DGA. Today is DGA. Oh, it's today or what? Okay. <laughs> yeah, 18th. I will. Oh, I will check. American 18th of February. Are you there? Get on Seen the <laughs> get on the previous winners of DGA and what films they have made for next time. I'll make a list. <laughs> yes. No, do they air it anywhere? I don't I think, think so. No, India will not be on there. 
in India. I took a wow. Lion's Gate subscription and I did not even pursue it. I didn't know when I was anything else. No, but I, uh, I, I, I was watching the whole day before the Oscars happened. I was watching the Oscar shorts and I was like, okay, let me finish through them so that, okay, I'll then go and watch the Oscars, but I slept during the show. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Some, but something worse like has happened. I stayed up an entire night, this 2016 Oscars. So yeah. who was in the running 20, 2015? Alejandro Gonzalez in Alito, I think, one. So, Birdman. Yeah. Birdman. No, no, no. Which was the Revenant. 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 Mm-hmm. So, huh. so, I woke up, I was like, Oscar, Oscar. I switched on Star Wars. I was like, hi, Oscar. When I said, oh, shit, I'm a day early. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed up the entire night. Because of the... We'll do, we'll do, uh, we'll do, 100% we'll be doing an Oscars thing, I mean. Aryan, I I mean, I want people to be enthusiastic about it because I don't treat them seriously anymore. It's been like... I mean, after the, after, the, after the show that Steven Soderbergh uh, produced, I was like, okay, yeah, it's yeah. time to check out the Oscars. <laughs> it's terrible. Their landmark year for me will always be Parasite year. After that, mm. whatever, it's <laughs> fine. Then they've done enough to dismantle that year uh, credit. Uh, with uh, Green Book was next year, right? Yeah, I did. And then what no, was, was, last was last year? Oh my God. Yeah. And they gave, um, I, I don't know, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. I was that was just one of those weaker years though, no? But like in the mm-hmm. no, weaker like like years I mean, I was, I was a big fan of Promising Young Woman. I was like, if you wanted to give a woman Aryan. an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, attack. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he likes Fable Lands. <laughs> On that note, we'll discuss about Oscars later. Yeah, Yeah, on that note. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I think this was a great episode. We discussed a lot more than Fablemans, I think, like even like previous Spielberg. We know we we had a lot more to discuss, in fact. Uh, And the the other movies, which I somewhat referenced, but didn't we, the episode we had planned was actually on Armageddon time and the Fablements because they are two Jewish filmmakers looking back at their lives in totally different ways, which is my last way of saying, please watch Armageddon time also <laughs> because no one did. Uh, but uh, but uh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, uh, Varun, for being here. We'll so hopefully have you for other uh, episodes also. There's a lot. There, I mean, there's always yeah. topics and then there's always things that we want to discuss and We'd love to have you again. Thank you. So Aryan, much. we will have you again. I'm not saying we'd love to because I know you will be here. <laughs> but yes, please follow Varun on uh, Instagram at Cinephile Stock. Is that correct? That's the handle. Yes. And on Letterboxd is Varun Oak O A K hyphen Pake, which is B A K A Y. P H A K A Y. P H A K A Y. We will link this in yeah. the description. So uh, I will make sure that. I mean, I won't make sure that people do this because I don't know how many times they read my description, <laughs> which is kind of disheartening because I actually spent time on it. Uh, Aryan, uh, you can follow at Aryan Talks Film on Instagram. And Letterboxd, Aryan, what is your handle? 
even i don't remember <laughs> so aryan dogs okay add insta okay same thing okay and if you want to follow me you can follow me at uh, terminal cinema on instagram and same uh, i don't i forgot my letterbox again I, everything will be in the description queen is dead any any point in promoting that handle is i think not there anymore <laughs> considering it doesn't like do anything but uh, anyways why you are writing about a short mm-hmm. film about love and all these not of, not on queen is dead now Good luck to you. And get the fuck out of my office.